Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. As I am navigating this thing called life, as I am journeying on this blue and green muddy thing called earth, I'm realizing that there are just some things we're not going to completely understand. And one of those wonderful things is the all-encompassing posture that we must have when dealing with things of faith. Now, what I will say, I got a little bit of a download percentage and I'm like, okay, I think this part I got down pat. I I understand that. Listen, you got to go ahead and just know that you know that you know. You act on the thing that you heard God say to you. You act on the thing that you believe in your heart that God is leading you to. If you have that, then you have confidence and confidence goes ahead and it fuels up the faith and faith will just give you the endurance needed to see what you believe until you actually see it, not just a heart desire, but that you can actually make it a tangible item. I get that part. I understand that there's some things that clarity just does that it's like, God, only you could have allowed me to continue walking on this path when it looks scary. Only you could have made me walk in the valley of the shadow of death for that art with me because I understood the comfort that you are able to give me. And so my prior experiences is now feeling my future endeavor. And so clarity does something to faith. I also understand the power of other people praying for you. Where where you may be weak in something or you just need someone to touch and agree, I understand the power of that. Why do I understand the power of that? Because the Bible says that where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst. So I understand that there is a power in pairing. Oh, I get that. I have seen times in my life and in other people's lives that literally if we come together and pray on a thing, and even if someone is transparent enough to say, listen, I'm even going to hold you. I am on my last bar. (laughs) Yeah, if I had a mechanism that would display of my soul where I'm at in the charging realm of faith, you would see that I'm, it's low battery with it. And I have seen what it does when someone walks in and says, I'm going to stand in the gap for you. I'm going to believe for you. I'm going to go ahead and say, God, the covenant that you have with me, I am speaking for such and such on this behalf and this, that, and the third. I have seen the power in that. And so I got the first part. I know how to stand in faith on your own. I even understand the second portion. I understand faith when you have to lean on someone else's. When you have to transfer over, listen, whatever it is, can you pray this? Because I dare not want to pray in a posture of doubt. I understand what the Bible says in regards to the man who prays. You know, if you're going to pray it. Pray it without doubt because a doubtful man gets nothing from the Lord. He is waving to and fro in his decisions and he can expect nothing from the Lord. So I get that. But now I feel like the Holy Spirit is trying to teach me the latter and final portion of that, which is when you don't have confirmation and it's not clear, when you have no one else that you can lean on in regards to yo. My faith looks like it's low battery. Can I just charge up on yours? What do you do then? And I'm not going to hold you. I was actually in a place of like, uh, can't really say that I know. And so I just am so glad that I have Jairus in the Bible to be able to refer back to. 
he has given me, I feel like Thanos in the spirit. Like I finally got the the last one needed. Like now I feel all encompassed and all powerful. You understand? I'm looking at my hand now like, ah, one more. <laughs> you understand? But listen, I really, I want to jump right into this because this thing is hot off the, the press and it is fresh and it is, it, it's doing what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And so I'm just, I'm ready for the trip. You understand? I get excited about our talks, not only because it's revelatory for me, but because the more that we expose what the word is saying and what the enemy tries to do, the more armor that we have and our basket in this thing called life. Listen, I see life like when David was walking up to Goliath. It said all he had in his shepherd's bag, you know, was a sling and then he did some five smooth stones. So in my head, what I'm doing is I have this arsenal that I am putting together for this thing called life. And when God downloads and reveals and gives me the gems, I'm like, ooh, clarity. And I put clarity in my armor basket. And I'm like, that's what I want to walk around with. Aside from the fruits of the spirit, when he shows me certain things, I'm like, ooh, take that. And then put the, because I know that God is just not revealing things just for us to go, mm, that's powerful. And then go to sleep and not do anything with it. He's literally giving you the armor needed because you're going to need this in a couple of years. You're going to need this in a couple of situations. You're going to need exactly this in a couple of whatevers. And so if you take what he says and, and master it and study it and make sure that you know where to go get it next time that you need it, then the beauty is that you will never be defeated in that area again. So I get excited. I get excited. Yeah. I don't look at situations like, man, if I knew then what I know now, no, that's the author of confusion. That's regret. We're not doing nothing. Listen, even with that mindset, of saying, if I, yeah, if I, if that situation, man, I wish I can go back and do something different. Then it wouldn't even be a different result. Why? Because if God allowed you to go back in time, you will still have that exact mindset. So that exact mindset would just be you repeating the pain again. No, we don't do that. We go back and we know how to look at a situation, how to navigate a certain journey, how, how to just move in a way that God is like, see, now you have wisdom. How do I know that you have wisdom? Cause you move different because you pray different because you don't just let anybody say something. You believe it offhand. You give it enough time for them to show character so that you can see the fruit. You test everything that says it's from God. You test everything that looks like it can be a blessing because you know that if you test it with what God's telling you to test, then it will reveal its true self in due time. Man, if Eve would have been like, uh, that's exactly what he said. He said not to eat from the tree. <laughs> he said the blah, blah, blah. I wonder if she would have tested what was said to her. Would she have had a different result? Yes, she would. How do I know? Because when Jesus was like, uh, in the wilderness, sir, also the Bible also says when he went ahead and tested and stood up to whatever it is that the enemy was trying to say was of God, what he was trying to say is recorded in the Bible. Jesus was like true but you put in a, a, a period where there should be a comma because the bible also says don't test the lord thy god you test whatever is trying to present as this is god's will for your life oh you my husband oh god told you that you my wife oh, okay oh you this is you 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 just feel like i'll just be so good for the position that y'all just all came together y'all want to promote me 
Okay. You just felt like it was a good idea. Do you know what? I'm going to just transfer down this house to your name. You know what? I just feel led to go ahead and give you this car. I'm glad that y'all bring in all the tangible items. I'm glad that all these things are just coming into fruition. But what you need to go ahead is just give me a minute. Give me 24 to 48 hours to make a decision. And I'm going to go into my prayer situation, my quiet time with God. And I'm going to get confirmation because I don't know if that car comes with more repairs than (laughs) what I can see with the naked eye. I don't know if that promotion is going to make me start having insomnia. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I don't know if I am even equal quit to deal with your daddy issues, ma'am. I don't even know if I have the propensity to deal with the emotional unavailability that you have, sir. So give me a minute. I know it looks real good with the eye, but let me go back to my prayer chambers and test what it's trying to present as God. Mm. That was for somebody, but let's go ahead and keep moving. I got to get to Jairus. Why? Because This grandbaby literally showed me the truth and the truth uh, to the point of like, yay. You understand? Can can we just get to it? Okay, Luke 8. You know I read from the NOT version, right? I'm going to go ahead and start exactly where the story starts. Verse 40. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. 41. Then the man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come up with him. 42. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. 43. A woman in the crowd had suffered from 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. 44. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. 45, who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. 46, but Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. 47, when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. 48, daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. 49, while he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. You read that in the name of Jesus. 50. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. 51. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the little girl's father and mother. 52. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, Stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. 53. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. 54. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. 55. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. 
56, her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. Pause. I, I just feel like I need to, I need to do something. I don't know. I really want the Jamaican, the reggae, because listen to me. Oh my goodness. Jairus to me now has bumped up a few scales for the faith hall of fame. Buddy, I do not know anyone that has been in your place right now. This minute you are taking center stage in my memory bank. Okay. Can you imagine defying all rules and regulations because the reason why the Bible keeps illustrating that he was a synagogue leader is because they want you to be real clear. He had no business coming out of his rank. He had no business coming out of that particular synagogue. He had no business having a conversation or yielding to Jesus in that way. That was a no, no. Okay. So literally this man humbled himself to be like, listen, I know that we don't usually do this, but let me go ahead and break that down with the remix. <laughs> you understand? He was like, I know this is not regular. I know this is not protocol. I know this is not even a harmonious relationship. I know that this is not even relationally legal in this time, but I have to do something drastic because something is happening to my daughter. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. So you have this man, Jairus, going to Jesus. And having a moment of vulnerability, which men don't naturally do. He's like, listen, I don't really know you like that, buddy. <laughs> he had to cross over that boundary. They say you healed people, but I've never really seen it with my own eyes. Got to go ahead and go over that boundary. There's so many different things he had to override and go, okay, I'm going to Jesus for my daughter. I'm going to Jesus for my daughter. I'm going to Jesus for my daughter. And then you get there. And you have the bravery to go ahead and say, not even ask the Bible documents it as he came and he fell to Jesus's feet. Verse 41. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue came and fell down at Jesus's feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter who was about 12 years old was dying. Repeat that name. He fell at his feet. Oh, the embarrassment. Oh, what would the shade room say? Oh, we'll be on the front pages tomorrow morning. Oh, no, he had to get to a place that he's like, listen, all leadership aside, all titles aside, all humanity and, and mindsets and all the things that come with, you know, the male ego aside. At this point, sir, you all I got. I don't have nothing else uh, this is my last situation. Call it a Hail Mary, if you will. But I don't, there's no other tricks up my sleeve. I don't know what else to do. I thought she was going to get better. And so I'm giving her all the things over the counter. The doctors is doing all that they can actually do. And at this point, I'm not going to wait until there's no life in her. I'm pleading with you so that you can bring her back to life even before life comes out of her. And I can imagine the despair you falling at this man's feet, sir. You don't know him. You've never seen him. You, but you have to have a certain posture of faith to be like you, you are it, sir. You are all I have left. And then imagine another person on the other side of this 
on the other side of this beautiful miracle is mirroring exactly what you have. A woman was never supposed to even be close enough to Jesus to touch him, let alone an unclean woman was never supposed to be that close to Jesus to touch him. So she too went outside of regulations and was normally practiced in that time. Oh, sir, you have a 12-year-old daughter? Well, she's been bleeding for 12 years. Oh, you believe that this is something that, you know what, Jesus can do so you fell at his feet, Jairus? The woman with the issue of blood, she crawled to his feet with the same thought that you have. You had, if I can just get Jesus to my house, my daughter will be well. She had, if I can just touch to him of his garment, I will be made well. What happens when you are toe-to-toe, face-to-face with something that someone is believing just like you, but for whatever the reason, they get theirs first? Literally, it says uh, in verse 45, who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter That's when Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing up against you. 46, but Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. Time out, pause. You mean to tell me that the thing that I broke protocol for, you mean to tell me the thing that I overrode my man ego for, you mean to tell me the thing that I was like, oof, let me go and get you uh, to at least come with me. I know even bringing you back to me, uh, the synagogue place and location is probably going to cause some issues. But I'm I'm going to go ahead and override all of this. And then you hear the man that you were believing was going to heal your daughter in the first place say the healing power went out from me. It's like, I'm sorry. That's when you go ahead and insert an emoji with the mm, not not all the way okay, happy smile, half smile, because you like, praise God for your healing, woman with the issue of blood. Um, I'm going to just call her Isha because <laughs> she got the issue of blood. Okay, uh, Praise God for you, Isha. But at the same time, why you do that? Like, you know, I, all is I, I don't know the rules. Okay, great. I mean, had I known that it was just a matter of touching the road, I would have brought my daughter with me. She would have just touched him and we would have been back home. I had no idea. Up until this point, people have been doing things in certain ways. So I wanted to follow protocol. Why? Because that's the background that I come from. So I'm thinking, hey, may I go ahead and let you know that this is a situation? May I ask your permission to come back with me? May I also lead you to where I need you to be? I'm thinking that that's the way to do that because why? I'm a synagogue leader. But here you go and you do something completely different. And had I known that I can get my blessing that way I would have done it that way I would have never put myself in that situation if I knew I can get it an easier way I would have never went ahead and, and went up the 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 whatever ladder career ladder the corporate whatever I would have never put myself in a position to try to do it the right way if people are just getting it their way I would have never did that to myself. And while I want to smile for you and praise God that you're healed okay great I also want to look at you like but that wasn't for you that was for me I was believing God for that for me because Jesus, I know that she ain't been praying for her husband the way that I've been praying for her husband. And here I am praying to you. And I look down at my phone and I get a picture of somebody's engagement ring. 
I know that they ain't been working this hard at the company. And here I am working and staying late and doing all the things that they can depend on me. And when they got things that they need to clean up, they call on me. But yet, until somebody else got the promotion. I know that nobody else is as good of a steward over their money than I am. But how come the people who go and do, spend their money in ways that are not godly at times and also looks like they don't have any aspect of good stewardship over their finances, that they're getting the salaries that I'm praying for you for? Like, God, what's up? Am I being spiritually pranked? Punked, rather? <laughs> like, is, is this, where did I go wrong? That I wanted to do it in decency and order the way that the Bible says. And here people are doing it and receiving it out of order. And so either I don't understand how to go ahead and receive a thing. Or these people have not gotten your memo. But I've been following your ways and your decrees, Lord. I've been doing the things that you have been placing in my heart to do. So why is it that people are, I literally, pause, was looking at this show with my husband. And this guy said that he started cooking for the first time in his life ever five weeks. And so five weeks later, he opened up a restaurant and now he's big town. Do you know how much of a slap in the face that is to people who went to culinary school, who people who had to work their way up, who people had to like literally, and it just brought to my attention. Oh my goodness. There is not a protocol to God's blessing. It literally looks a lot like, do you believe? And however, the way that you believe it can be done, just as long as it's without doubt and without immorality, I believe that God's just wild enough to go ahead and bless it the way that you see fit. But I couldn't help but to feel some kind of way from Jairus because I'm like, so what do you do then? What do you do when you and Jesus about to make your way downtown to your home to go ahead and finally deliver? I can imagine how excited he was. Like, let's go. Like, all right, we, we about to get the answer. It's about to be good. And guess what? It went bad real fast, uh, real quick. Because on one hand, you got Jesus saying in 46, somebody deliberately touched me for I felt healing power go out from me. Then you have uh, somebody else then coming up 49 while he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him your daughter is dead. He picked that name of Jesus. There's no trouble in the teacher. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Okay. I'm sorry. Pause. So on one hand, you got Jesus saying, well, that's all we got left. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I ain't got no more um, healing power in me. I ain't going to hold you. Then you have somebody else telling you uh, the thing that you came to Jesus for, yet there's no reason to even ask him for it anymore because it's a wrap. Bro, you sandwiched by something that looks like despair. What are you supposed to do now, sir? <laughs> you, you, you're supposed to be like, okay. Even though I heard it from Jesus' mouth that he don't have no more healing power. Even though I heard it from my messenger's mouth that the situation has gone terribly wrong. South, rural south uh, at the house. What are you supposed to do then? Oh, if I would have had a moment in time that I could have went back to Jairus in that very moment and said, how do you feel? No, 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 just vulnerable. The same way you were when you fell at his feet. How do you feel? You feel crushed. You, you feel hopeless. You feel like, what do you support? Your only daughter, That's it's a wrap there. While on the other end, your only way out of the situation 
is saying that they don't have it no more. So, like, are you feeling everything that goes against the faith that you originally had? What are you supposed to do? Do you go back home at that moment? Do you say, well, like, I would have wanted to just get, like, real quick, let, let me see his posture. Did he go there with a, I'm falling at his feet now? And, and then when Jesus said, cool, I'm coming with you, and he started walking, you could see the confidence in him. And then when the woman with the issue of blood did what she did, and Jesus said what he said, and then the messenger did what they did, like, did his whole posture just look like, like did he power down I would have loved to get an inside scoop real quick like sir real quick I don't want to be in your face but I, I want to see your temperament had to be because the very next thing that happened says in verse 15 but when Jesus heard what had happened he said to Jairus don't be afraid just have faith and she will be healed now when I look this up in another version with Mark 5 and the only thing that it has that Jesus said was, don't be afraid, just have faith. So the comma and she will be healed <laughs> probably either wasn't heard by Mark. And I want to go to extra mile to say, I don't even think probably was heard by Jairus. I think he just looked at Jesus and was like, just have faith, sir. <laughs> you have some more power left. And if so, do you have enough power to bring this back to life? Because I was coming to you because I said that she was in the process of dying, not that she was dead. So now this is a totally different situation. You got me, I was coming to you believing in one thing, and now you almost like just trying to up one my faith because I had the faith that you could stop it and heal her. I, now you asking me to believe you on another level, but isn't that just like God that you come to him and you're like, Oh, I want to go ahead and I want financial increase. And God is like, cool. I'm going to promote you. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't, I didn't think that I was ready to be in that particular position, that seat. Like what we doing? I'm sorry. I just wanted you to bless where I'm currently at because that's where I was believing you for. And God was like, cool. Uh, times to it. Like, Oh, yeah, it's one thing to say, oh, God, I'm, you know, I'm looking, I think I just want a bigger apartment. He's like home ownership. You're like, wait a minute, <laughs> credit score. Uh, I, I didn't save up. I'm sorry. Oh, it's one thing. It, it's just like God. It's one thing to go ahead and be believing for one thing. I think God looks at your situation and he's like bigger, better. You can do more. Mm -mm. Stretch it. Nope. <laughs> You're trying to stay stagnant. Nope. You want me to maximize the square footage that you've already outgrown. And because you believe me on this level, love it. But let's believe me on another level so I can take you to another level so that you can experience not an, only another level in life, but an, another level in your faith and in God. I think God just has this audacity to take the things in your life and say, <laughs> now watch me you. <laughs> Now watch me so joy. <laughs> like I just, I feel like it because it was one thing you could have just went ahead and said, okay, well let me just rescue the Israelites and kept it moving. But he was like, nah, I'm gonna do some plagues. No, cause I'm going to show you my glory. Like y'all ain't really seen me in all my, like my fullness. So like, excuse me, but like ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be some plagues. I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to do this in a way that you will know that I am God. And so while the Israelites believe that God, you can go ahead and free us. God was like, yeah, but I also want to show you my fullness, that I'm Jehovah Jireh, that I'm the Alpha and the Omega, 
that I listen that I don't play when it comes to my kids. <laughs> you thought your uncle didn't play about him? No, I don't play about my kids. Like stop. And I believe that God looks for moments in time where he can do that. That he can look at your faith and go, cool. That he can look at a life that is blameless as Noah and go, I can use you. Uh, you want me to do something great? No, I want you to do something for the whole second world. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't take anthropology. <laughs> I'm a little shaky on my anthropology, on my how you make a whole nother second world, like sustain it. I'm not really, I don't have the... Who okay, great. Um, so what you want me to do? Yeah, he looks at someone like if you can trust me with lions and tigers and bears as a shepherd, David, go ahead and fight nine foot Goliath. Yeah, you could do it. With a sword? No. With javelin, absolutely not. Um, your slingshot and five smooth stones. My God, I was believing for you for the lions and the tigers and the bears and the oh my for my sheep. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay and I think that's just where Jairus was at with a little bit more garnishing and you know crowd uh, participation at it why because when Jesus told him which I want to believe was in a whisper because he probably saw his face like I know you're afraid don't be afraid just have faith and she will be healed you know what what happened after 52 the house was filled with people weeping and wailing. But he says, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. Oh, they all believe. That's not what it says. Oh, they all was like, excuse me, let, let Jesus do his work. Nope. What did they do? 53. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. This is embarrassing, sir. They laughing at us like you telling me to believe, but I just heard you say 52 minutes ago that you ain't have no more power. I saw the woman who actually took your power. She confirmed, yes, she's healed. So I know the power went to her. I then had somebody saying it's a wrap. We go back here. You start to proclaim she's not dead. Everybody thinks that you on comic view. This is a lot. I just... I just wanted you to come earlier so that you can just heal her because she was having a cough that was weird. And, and, and now we hear and people are laughing at us and thinking that we're weird. This is, this is a lot, sir. But Jesus didn't pay that no mind. And obviously, I don't think Jarvis was in the right mind to pay to any attention either. But the beautiful part is that uh, once Jesus did what only Jesus can do, and told the girl to stand up and get her strength back. And yay, this is amazing. What, what does Jesus, what's the last verse? Her parents were overwhelmed. I'm sure you were. Because, ma'am, you missed the whole thing that just happened. He, Jairus had to believe, believe. Because I'm sure if it was anybody else, it would have been a segment, at least two verses worth of, like, it's all right, Jesus. Like, you cool. I heard a lot about you. You know, praise God. Like, you know what? Praise God for you. You know, uh, I, I wish you well on your endeavors. I'm going to go home. Like, this is a lot. I'm already, I'm hot. I'm embarrassed. It's, it's a lot. Like two verses worth of like, nah, I'm like, no, you don't have to know. It, it would have been a back and forth. But the fact that she was, they were overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. What you mean? Tell people that she's not dead. No more. They're going to see her. She got to go to school. It, or she going to school tomorrow. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm that kind of parent. She's going to school. Mm -hmm. Take this tussing and go ahead and you did your homework. Like we going we right back in the game. <laughs> we're not missing the beat. Like we're not doing any of that. Uh, but you, what you mean? Don't tell no one. And isn't that just like us wanting to vindicate that what we did was worth it. 
Oh, I'm going to show them. Oh, listen. No, you go ahead and wear your spiritual cap if you want to. But if we were anything like Jairus, no, I want to show that it was worth breaking protocol. I want to show that your process is not the only process. I want to show that even when you hear yikes, it's not going the way that you thought. When Jesus whispered to me, don't be afraid, just have faith, that it actually paid to have faith. I want to show that when Jesus told y'all that she wasn't dead at all, that she was actually sleeping, I want to show y'all that that laughing that y'all did, that kiki, I want a kiki back. Like, <laughs> let's have a kiki contest. I want to go out and get her, I'm talking about the Cinderella dress, and I just want to have her stand outside. I want to say everybody in their eyes. So, no, what you mean don't tell no one? But Jesus said, don't tell no one. And that's how that chapter ends. So I'm led to believe that her parents did exactly what Jesus said. Her parents did exactly what Jesus said. There's something in that. (laughs) There is something in that. So what is the last portion of faith beyond measure when the first step is you have the confidence to do it on your own? Because you know what God said and it's clear. The second is you can lean on somebody else's faith. Because with two or more gathered there, he is in the midst. And it's like, okay, cool. And you're not living alone. So the Holy Spirit can strengthen you and guide you and comfort you. So all that is stuff. But the third thing, what happens when you don't have nobody to lean on? What happens when you even hear like a oops? <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry, what's going on? <laughs> uh, what you mean oops? That's the equivalent to Jesus saying the healing power just went from me. What happens when all of that is happening? What happens when you have to fight your human urge to go ahead and prove people wrong because yeah y'all thought y'all was laughing at me like what happens when just do exactly what Jesus said but before you even get there you gotta humble yourself and push the emotions aside long enough to hear what he said don't be afraid just have faith and as simplistic as that sounds That's the only thing that Jairus had to hold on to. All right. Even after I heard you say you don't have no more healing power, cool. Even after the messenger just said what he just said, cool. Even though we going and I'm seeing everybody reacting to the information that I just received, cool. Even though when you try to apply faith, they not laughing, cool. You saying just have faith, so cool. You saying just have faith, I'm going to open up the business. You saying just have faith, so I'm going to go ahead. I don't care what this dating scene is looking like. I'm going to get my spouse. Okay, you said just have faith. I don't care what my account and credit score look like. We going to have this card, this house this whatever God wants us to have okay you saying just have faith I'm gonna just have faith I don't care what the doctor said it don't even matter what y'all saying I know y'all making preparations for something and y'all already preparing for the end but I heard silently when I push fear to the side just have faith and the way that Jesus attacked that it's not like he said just have faith don't be afraid he had to attack the emotions first don't be afraid just have faith Mm. don't be afraid, just have faith, comma, and she will be healed. So my challenge to you is to go back, actually read Luke 8, 50. I want you to write it with yourself and put in your situation. So it should look like 50. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to put in your name, this one says Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith, 
and whatever you're asking God for, period. You understand? Because Jesus hears all that's happening in your life. Jesus hears all the things that you are facing. Jesus sees and knows. He is all-knowing. He, he gets it. But he needs for you not to be afraid and to just have faith, comma, and whatever you're waiting for, whatever you're standing in expectation for, it will happen. I don't care if nobody else believes it with you. I don't care if everybody else is laughing. I don't care if everybody else is looking at you like the disrespectful saying in the South, oh, bless your heart, because they're looking at you like she just, she just the dumbest. <laughs> she's still believing, buddy's going to. Oh, she's still believing she's going to get that promotion. Oh, she's still believing the economy's going <laughs> to. Don't you see what the economy is doing? Don't you see what the dating pool is looking like? Don't you see? And it's like, I see it. And I heard some stuff that, that corresponds with it. But I also heard, just have faith. And so that's what I'm going to do. And that's what you're going to do. And that's why I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what these conversations are. They are conversations that not everybody else is going to have with you, okay? But who? Your favorite homegirl. Yeah. Yes, I'm excited about this because the more that we have revealed to us, the more that we know how to conquer and dominate in this thing called life. And then it's like, it's giving. If Jesus said, just have faith and faith is just what I'm going to have. And that's on big part. <laughs> it's really nothing else to discuss because at this point, what else you going to have? Who else do you have? then cool, we gonna, right, we just going to have faith. But go ahead and make sure that you're looking at the YouTubes, okay? Created, the number two, multiply. And the website has all the things that are all the things. So created to multiply.com. You also know your girl got a Patreon, okay? And that is Strive, the letter N as in Nancy, Inspire. And I'm doing all the things. Why? Because everything looks lucrative? No. Because I just feel like it's going to be somebody's going to come along and do something awesome? No. Because at this point, I'm speaking to myself and I'm just having faith that it's going to work out the way that I am standing in expectation for. Just have faith. It's a demand and a command. But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go because you got websites and Patreons and YouTubes to go to. And I don't want to send between you and the blessing that you can be. So uh, we'll talk later. Okay? Later. <laughs>